This morning's scripture is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Yeah, she's right. It's weird. This is cool. I like it. Um, If we've not had the opportunity to meet, my name is Matt Creasy. I'm one of the other pastoral interns here at Central West End Church. Uh, We, if, if you didn't know already, we are in a sermon series going through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, The Sermon on the Mount is one of the longest and most famous public teachings of Jesus in the New Testament. And we've gotten to one of the most famous things that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. Or I should say at least, this is one of the most famous things in our culture. Judge not. We like that, don't we? That judge not. Because it kind of sounds like Jesus is agreeing or just saying in a different way the same thing Bill and Ted said during their excellent adventure. Be excellent to each other. Right? It kind of seems to jive with our laissez-faire, libertarian, live-and-let-live cultural value of everybody should be free to do whatever they want as long as they don't hurt anybody else. Right? It kind of sounds like that's what Jesus is saying. But is he? See, here's the problem. Jesus isn't actually presenting this teaching as kind of a like, hey, this is a cool idea, or here's a virtue we should all ascribe to. He's actually presenting it as a warning. Judge not so that. That language in the Greek lets us know that what Jesus is saying, see if my, oh, my clicker does work, cool. What Jesus is saying is danger. Watch out. You are in perilous territory when you begin to judge others. And the consequences for not understanding what Jesus is saying here The consequences for misuse of judgment at best is severe, at worst is dire. So if we do not want to fall prey to the danger of judgment, we need to understand what Jesus has to say. So we're going to do that by looking at four things. Now, I know we're used to three, but I got four today, and I promise they're going to be a little bit short, so I'm going to get you out of here by lunch, okay? So calm down. Okay, four things that we're going to look at. We are going to look at the meaning. What does it mean to judge? The problem. What's the problem that makes judging so dangerous? The warning. What will happen if we judge incorrectly? And the cure. Okay? The meaning, the problem, the warning, the cure. Okay, so first let's start with the meaning. What does it mean to judge? Right, because judge not. That's kind of an an ambiguous statement, right? Like, what is Jesus saying? Is he saying that Christians should never go into the legal profession? Is that what he's saying? Right, no. 
Well, a good rule of thumb is if anytime you come across a verse in the Bible that's ambiguous or confusing, look at other passages that talk about the same topic in the Bible and let those inform your understanding. Okay, that's just a helpful hint there. So one thing we can say right off the bat, Jesus is not making a universal statement. Okay, we know that because Jesus himself, one verse later in verse 6, says, Do not cast your pearls before swine. Now that in and of itself is is an ambiguous statement that we're going to look at later. But for right now, we can say simply, that's a statement about making judgments. And there are lots of other passages, too, that talk about using wisdom in the judgments that we make. So Jesus is not making a universal statement here, okay? But he is, again, he's making a warning. Now, there are all these verses that I really wanted to show you guys, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to ask you to trust me. That there's lots of different passages, Romans 14, James chapter 2, 1 Corinthians. There's lots and lots of passages that talk about judgment. And in every case, and in every case, what you'll see is categories are created. There's like the Christian who exercises their liberty and the category of the Christian who betrays their conscience or the category of those worthy of honor, those not worthy of honor, the categories of good, bad, righteous, unrighteous. And we have categories too, don't we? Cool, lame, right? Safe, unsafe. Or Marxist, socialist, fascist, nationalist. We've got all kinds of categories. Whatever the category is, when we judge someone, we put them into a category. Now, I hope what you're seeing here is you're beginning to see why maybe Jesus is not making a universal statement. Because on some level, we have to judge, don't we? We can't get away from it. It's impossible. When we are little tiny children, one of the first things we're taught is, okay, there are two categories, family and strangers. And it's really important that we understand the distinction between those categories, isn't it? It's for our own good. So putting people into categories isn't always a bad thing. It's necessary. We have to do it. However, as we've just said, Jesus is saying, but when you do so, oh, you're skipping through landmines. It's dangerous. Why is that? Well, we've just seen the meaning. To judge means to put someone into a category. Okay? And now we're going to look at the problem. Jesus says we have a really bad problem, and that problem prevents us from making judgments well. What is that problem? Well, he describes the problem by talking about this image of somebody with a log in their eye. And looking at the speck or saw, piece of like sawdust in somebody else's eye. That's kind of a funny image, isn't it? Like imagine, and actually the word in Greek here for log is more like, the King James translates it beam. It's a giant piece of timber used for building houses. Okay, so it's kind of, it's just like, hey, hey, I see that sawdust in your eye. Let, come here, let me help you with that, right? It's kind of a funny image. What's Jesus getting at here? Well, this image is what Jesus uses this image to get at, paint us a picture of what the Bible calls sin. Now, I want to recognize that word sin, it's kind of a dirty word for us, isn't it? For many of us, when we hear this word sin, what we think is we think, ah, that is a religious word used by religious people to kind of beat up on everybody else and make us all feel bad about ourselves. It's pejorative, it's outdated, we don't need that kind of language anymore. Right? Now, if that's you, first let me say, it, 
it's perfectly understandable that you feel that way. Because professional God talkers like myself have used the word sin in exactly that way, and it's hurt you. So on behalf of all professional God talkers, I'm sorry. Because that is not how the Bible presents the idea of sin to us. And that's not how Jesus talks about it here. I mean, if you think about the imagery, if you had a, a beam stubbed into your eye, what is that? That's an injury. You need to go to the hospital, man. Like, that's, that, you're, you're injured. You're wounded. You are traumatized. And that checks out with the rest of the Bible. We've all, because of the brokenness of the world that we live in, we've all been wounded. We've all been hurt. Whether in some capacity or another, to varying degrees, we have all been deeply, deeply hurt by the sin of the world. Sin has hurt us. But that hurt does something to us that Jesus is trying to draw our attention to. So what happens when human beings are in pain? We have this tendency to suddenly turn all of our energy and attention outward, right? Because, what, because what we're desi- we don't want to feel any more pain, and so now we're scanning on the horizon. We're looking to see, okay, where is the pain coming from? And what we tend to do is we tend to ignore completely or to take out of the equation our own woundedness. With that, we tend to erase the idea that we're wounded, and we're now completely fixated on what's happening outside of us. Or to say it differently, Pain damages our perception, right? Where's the injury that Jesus says? It's in our eyes. We can't see. What is it that we can't see? Well, again, the image is a log. I got the like beam in my eye, and you have a speck of sawdust. Now, I see that sawdust, and what am I doing? I'm like, let me help. Let me help. I'm, I'm, I'm scrutinizing. I'm fixating. We, we hyper-focus on the flaws, the shortcomings, the sins of other people while completely ignoring our own shortcomings and flaws and sins. That's, what does Jesus say? Sin makes us hypocrites. It's because of sin that we do things like, that person, that person's an addict. They have got a serious problem. They way, way overuse that, whatever that substance is. They need to get help while completely ignoring the fact that we can't seem to function without our two to three cups of coffee per day, our one to five glasses of red wine before bed, or our five hours of Netflix binging on the weekend. That's sin. It's because of sin that we look at somebody else and say, that person, they're rude. They're inconsiderate. They're mean. They've got anger problems. They have rage issues. They need help. Oh, but me? Oh, well, see, my problem, I, I just don't sugarcoat things. You know, I'm a, I'm a truth teller. That's my issue. I just tell things, I just call it like it is. And, you know, sometimes things at work get a little crazy or my kids get out of control. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I get, I get kind of in a bad mood. But it's, you know, it's not a big deal. We excuse it. We minimize. It's because of sin that when we're driving down the road and someone cuts us off in traffic, an expletive comes out of our mouth and we see them on their phone and we go, ah, St. Louis drivers. Ugh, they should all have their licenses revoked. Ugh, I'm going to tweet about this. <laughs> That's sin. See, friends, what, because of sin, we ascribe evil and malicious intent 
to other people. They did it on purpose. He's doing it for the attention. She just likes to cause drama. But me? Well, I'm too busy singing that beautiful Nina Simone song. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Right? That's sin. What is the problem? Sin makes us hypocrites. We've all been damaged by the sin of the world. And that pain distorts our perception so that what happens? We put people into categories that we would not put ourselves into. Don't we? Because of sin and the pain that it has caused us, we now have the proclivity of putting people into categories that we would not put ourselves into. Sin makes us hypocrites. All right, so we've seen the meaning. We've seen the problem. What about the warning? What is the danger that we are in because of our problem? Well, Jesus says, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Does that terrify you? It should. If that doesn't frighten you, that is evidence that sin has damaged your self-perception. Because you hear what he's saying. That the categories that we put people into, we will be put into. That what happens is, think about the criteria that we use. What's the criteria that you use to put somebody into a particular category? Their actions? The words that they say? Maybe we like to think that we know the thoughts, feelings, motivations of, the, of another person. And based upon that criteria, we put them into a category. And very often, we will put them into a category, and, the, and what we say, the consequence of being in that category, rejection. Right? That's a bad person. And I know they're a bad person because of this stuff. Here's the thing. Whatever that criteria is, Inevitably, we will meet that criteria at some point in our lives. And so we then will have to eat the measure that we delve out to others. Now, this actually plays out in human relationships, doesn't it? If you go around scrutinizing the flaws of other people and like talking about it and bringing it out to light, what's going to happen? People are going to scrutinize you, aren't they? Now, we haven't gotten to the golden rule yet where Jesus says, treat others the way you want to be treated. Okay, well, that's coming. But general human nature is you get treated the way you treat others, isn't it? Like, if you go around like call, calling out everybody, eventually people are going to start calling you out. If you think again about the imagery of the log, it's very hard for me to get close to you if I have a giant beam sticking out of my head. You see, sin separates us. It keeps us from connecting with others. But this is not only true on a human level. This is also true on an ultimate level. You see, because Jesus, and he's going to talk about this in a few more verses. Jesus promises us that there is a day coming. A day when God will resurrect from death every human being that has ever lived in all of history. And he will render final judgment. And unlike us, God sees everything. As one, as one pastor likes to put it, it's as kind of as if 
God, around every single one of our necks, God has placed this little recorder. We go through our whole lives, and it just records everything that we say, everything we do, everything we think. And on judgment day, God goes, okay, let's see how you did. If we insist on judging people, putting them into categories of acceptance or rejection based upon their actions and their words and the thoughts and feelings and motivations of their hearts, there is a day coming when every action of ours, every word that we have spoken, every thought, every feeling, every motivation will be brought to light and all of our inconsistencies will be brought to bear. And if we insist on judging others by that criteria, God will judge, uh, will judge us by that same criteria. Either rejection or acceptance. Are you terrified? The warning that Jesus gives us is that we will be placed into the categories that we place others into. Okay, we've seen the meaning. To judge means to put people into categories. We've seen the problem. Sin makes us all hypocrites. It distorts our perception. And we put people into categories that we would not place ourselves into. But the warning Jesus gives us is that we will actually be put into the categories that we put others into. So what's the cure? Is there any way out of this? Is there any way out of this judgment? Well, what does Jesus say? He says, first, you got to deal with the log. Your sin has to be dealt with. It is the thing that is separating you from others and from God, and it's the thing that's preventing you from seeing clearly. You gotta be, it's got to be dealt with. Has anybody ever done self-surgery before? No? Really? Does anybody in the medical profession recommend that? Probably not. Right? It's kind of hard to do self-surgery, isn't it? Friends, I got good news for us this morning. In the Gospels, there's an account of Jesus sitting with a group of prostitutes, of financial predators, of sinners. And the religious leaders of the day see him doing this, and they're like, he eats with sinners. What is he doing? Doesn't he know they're in the sinner category, and people in that category get rejected? What is he doing? And Jesus turns to them and says, you know, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, friends, we have the greatest physician in the universe speaking to us, telling us, if you will but come to me, I will take that log out of your eye. You see, Jesus is the one human being in all of history whose vision was never distorted who never had a log in his eye. And it was on the cross that all of our logs and the consequences were laid onto Jesus. The, 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 the judgment of rejection, the ultimate judgment of rejection that we deserved for our misjudgments, they were, that was done to Jesus on the cross. He was utterly rejected by the Father in our place so that he could heal us. You guys know that famous verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, right? Um, For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but in order to, anybody know? English, we tend to translate it save, 
But the Greek word could also be translated heal. Jesus came to heal us. And listen, healing hurts. Anybody ever go through physical therapy? Healing hurts, but it's a way better pain than the pain of the injury. And if we let Jesus, if we come to him and we acknowledge, yeah, it's not a speck, it's a beam. And I need you to heal it. I can't take care of it myself. If we let him do that, do you see what the result will be? Jesus doesn't say, hey, don't ever even look at the specks in other people's eyes. Don't bother with that. He doesn't say that. Jesus actually says, you have to deal with the log so that you can see and help your brother with the speck. You see, when Jesus deals with, our, with the log in our eyes, when he deals with our sins, we begin to be able to see clearly not only the wounds in our own lives, but the issues in other people's lives. And we can come to them, and we can now become agents of healing. When we come to Jesus and we let him transform us, he transforms us from hurting hypocrites to holy healers. Instead of being a community of condemnation, we become a community of reconciliation. Central Western Church, do you know what our, our vision is as a church? It's, it's on our website. Central Western Church is a church of Jesus Christ that exists to help build a great city through a movement of the gospel that brings spiritual, social, and cultural renewal to St. Louis and to the world. That's a pretty cool vision, isn't it? You cannot be a part of that movement until you have looked at and let Jesus deal with the sin in your life. Because if it's still there and you're not really looking at it and you're not really dealing with it, you know what you're going to do? You're just going to go around like, hey, I'm here to renew St. Louis. We're just going to keep perpetuating the hurt that has been done to us. So I'm going to, let's, can we challenge ourselves this week? Are we willing to really, really look at our own hypocrisy? Are you willing to ask the people that are close to you, the people in your little, you know, your close friends and family, and ask them the tough question, what's it like to be in relationship with me? That's a scary question, and it might lead to some really painful answers. But here's the thing. We don't have to be afraid of the answers. Because whatever the damage is done, whatever pain that we've caused, the rejection that we are due for causing that pain has already been taken by Jesus on the cross. You're already accepted. You're already forgiven. You're already perfectly loved. So we can actually face that we are far, far, far worse than we give ourselves credit for. We are. And, when we, and to the degree that we let Jesus do that in our lives, we become the kind of people who bring healing and health to the lives around us. You see, the world says, you know, you go to therapy to become your best self-actualized self so that you can kind of live the way you want to live and feel happy. Jesus says, no, 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 no. You come to my therapy. And by the way, I'm not knocking on therapy. Therapy's great. If you haven't been to therapy, you should totally go. Therapy's great. But Jesus says, go to therapy and come to me and be healed so that you can be an agent of healing in the world. I want to heal you so, you can, so I can use you to heal others. I hit the wrong button. Sorry, y'all. 
What's the cure to our judgmental ways? We have to let Jesus heal our sin so that we can become healers. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much that you sent your only begotten Son into the world to heal us. The damage that has been done to us, to heal the damage that we have done, to heal all of the hurt of the whole world. Thank you that you have already fully accepted us in Jesus. And please, please, please show us our sin. Not so that we would beat ourselves up and feel bad, but so that we could begin to heal and change so that you can transform us into agents of healing. Cause us to repent. And we can only do that by the power of your Spirit. So come Holy Spirit. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.